The Pro Act Know How. Hi, this is Pro Act Sam. Welcome to this webinar. Um, nod if you can hear me, um, or give me some other sort of sign. Um, <clears throat> we're trying to snag our way through this um, logistics. Welcome to this uh, live webinar with all its faux pas. And what we're looking at today, thank you, Amanda. Um, what we're looking at today is capital gains tax liability across border for expats. Um, so, and, and all that that contains. Now, Proact have got offices in the UK and Cyprus, uh, but we help uh, expat clients around the world. Um, and, and tax is our thing and tax residency is our thing. Uh, just a couple of updates, you know, things are changing all the time, things are being amended, and it does lead to frustration. So, for example, um, you know, at the end of May uh, 2021, we still can't do um, 2020 tax returns for Cyprus. Um, they were due out uh, at the end of January, then the end of March, and uh, like last year, they're getting deferred and deferred. Uh, we can do UK tax returns now and for other countries, but, it, it, you know, it is a big issue. Another thing that expats should be watching at the moment is tax residence. So we're getting towards the end of three months into the current tax year. So if you're an expat that's locked down in the UK, it's beginning to uh, potentially have an impact on your tax status for 21-22. So that needs to give some thought. If you want to talk to us more about that, contact us at, at productpartnership.com. Uh, it's, it, we are, for retained clients, you can chat to us on our, our, our retained client uh, chat app, which is available through our website at productpartnership.com or productpartnership.co.uk. Um, essentially, if you want to claim exceptional circumstances for COVID to say that you're locked down in a particular country, that's only valid if the official government rules say that you can't travel for business or personal reasons. Um, and that's, that's a bit of an issue at the moment for, for people, and, and we need to be aware of that. So in mid-April, uh, mid-May, uh, relaxations have begin to be unwound. So nobody in England was allowed to leave the UK before the 17th of May. Now you can if you've got a, a justified business or, or personal reason. So this is something to look at for expats um, that, that are locked down in any country around the world. Where are you up to? Whether you're coming up to the half year point or the first quarter point, how's that going to impact on your tax residency, tax status for the next year? Contact us at, at productpartnership.com for more information. The main meat of today's um, uh, webinar is about capital gains tax uh, and to try and put that in perspective for for expats uh, and we're going to look at three three examples of how we can manage that um, it all comes down to your tax residence um, exchange of information brings more and more regulation and, and, and burden on individuals to to uh, confirm where they got the money from <clears throat> and where the money is moving to um, so every individual has his tax residence. So an expat that uh, lives and works in Portugal or, or France or Germany becomes a tax resident in that country. That is their tax residence and it's their home country. 
So they're taxed for everything in, in that jurisdiction. And a company could be based in a, a different location. So in the UK, Regus have service offices all around the, the, the UK, but it's a Luxembourg-based company. So they, they have a different tax residence for the company as opposed to individual businesses or employees within the UK. And that brings cross-border tax planning into play. Um, but not just uh, companies can do that, but also if you use a family trust or business trust or foundation, uh, then you're able to move your assets and have a separate tax jurisdiction. And the separate tax jurisdiction can, can give you tax planning opportunities to maximize your, your liabilities. Um, I'm not going to cover around the world. We, we give specific advice to people from Singapore, Malaysia, China, people in China, Australia, uh, UK, and, and around Europe, as well as uh, countries working in Africa or living in, in North America. So we can do that. But generally, for, for these events, we, we look around two or three locations. So I'm just considering... Um, the perspective of UK capital gains, tax, liabilities, um, and comparing that with Cyprus and, and Portugal for this event. So if you're <clears throat> understanding this point that at the moment now for this part of the talk, we're talking about people that are tax resident and living in that country. So your whole tax uh, assessment is, is for that one country. So in the UK, capital gains tax ostensibly is 10,000, 10%, and you get a, a personal allowance each year of 11,000. So you can make a gain of 11,000 and not paying a capital gains tax. It's entrepreneur relief when you sell businesses at a later date and other incentives. But generally, it, it's only 10% if you're a basic rate taxpayer. So once your tax goes above 50% and your higher rate tax, £50,000 and your high, high rate taxpayer in the UK, your capital gains tax is 20%. And in the UK, capital gains is assessed on a, a flat rate basis. So what you paid for and what you sell it, that is the gain. There's no indexation that, that takes place. But over the last few years, over the last five years, um, <clears throat> culminating in April last year, there's been a lot of work that's been done to tighten up the rules. And now there are separate capital gains taxes on uh, UK property, especially UK residential property. So UK residential property is singled out for different uh, capital gains tax rates, uh, up to 28%. So an expat who's um, got a high rate tax income in the UK could pay 28% on a capital gains tax on a property that, that's sold in the UK. Uh, a lot of people in the UK benefit from capital gains exemption on their main residence. But once you become non-resident, it can't be your main residence. And if you argue that it is, then you tie yourself up for other assessments and other tax liabilities in other areas. <clears throat> Inheritance tax, for example, in the UK is another form of capital gains tax. So a lifetime gift can attract uh, an inheritance tax, a capital gains tax of 20% when gifted away, even to family members. And that can be 40% on death. So uh, th there are ways to catch you in. So uh, 
with the main residence, if the expat goes abroad and starts renting that property, then um, they can get main residence relief for the period up until they leave, potentially important to provide the evidence to the taxman, but then gradually it becomes falls under capital gains tax relief. So a later sale will suffer capital gains tax. <clears throat> now you compare that to a country like Cyprus, and it's a different system. Uh, and there's a 20% capital gains tax, and it's index linked against the official inflation rates in, in Cyprus. So if you've made a, a gain on your investments or your company shares, then you've got a potential index linked capital gains tax. And that also applies to all property. There is no family relief for property in Cyprus. So if you buy a property for 100,000 and sell it for 200 after uh, indexing and allowances, then you have this um, a 20% tax as 20,000 capital gains tax you pay. In Cyprus, there's a one-time £85,000 capital gains tax relief, but that's once in a lifetime. So if you're buying a second or third property, that won't allow, but it doesn't have to be, um, it doesn't have to be um, um, your, your main property or gift to family uh, to 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 use that eighty five thousand exemption. I'm coming back to Amanda's point in a moment. <clears throat> the um, in in Cyprus specifically, then uh, any property sale attracts a twenty percent capital gains tax, index linked, as does a, a share a share sale in Cyprus. If that property is not in Cyprus then the capital gains tax doesn't come from Cyprus, doesn't come from Cyprus. So we're going to look at capital gains tax from the perspective that it's tied to where the tax residence is. So just to finish off on, on the Cyprus side, in Cyprus, any gift to family is free of inheritance tax. Uh, but it's also free of capital gains tax. So a gift of property in Cyprus to a blood relative or a married partner um, is free of inheritance tax or capital gains tax. And, and that's for anybody for any amount. So if you own a million pound property in Cyprus and sell it with a gain, uh, you pay the capital gains tax. If you own a million pound property in Cyprus and give it to family, uh, during your lifetime or in death, there is no capital gains tax. So it's a perfect vehicle for giving away tax uh, on that property. Now, where the property is, is relevant. So we talked earlier about capital gains tax, uh, tax residence. So an individual can be resident in one country, a company can be resident in another country, and the employee can be in one country, and the, the company taxed in another. And it's the same for capital gains. Capital gains are fixed, are, are, are charged on fixed assets. There's two types of assets in this world. In law, there's movable assets and there's fixed assets. Or, or called real estate is another term for a fixed asset or immovable property is another term for a fixed asset. It's, it's in the country. Um, so generally, if you look at a, a bank account, it holds your cash, your cash goes with you. So even if it remains in 
Portugal or France or the UK, um, it still lives with you in your tax residence, uh, be that Germany uh, or UAE. Um, however, if you've got a, 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 an investment holding, uh, shares or property, um, whether that those shares are held in a fund or whether they're held as direct uh, business uh, share ownership, they are deemed to be uh, fixed where where those assets are, where those assets are. So if you've got shares in the London stock market, there's a potential capital gain in the UK. If you've got shares in a, a, a Cyprus stock market or Cyprus business, then the, the tax is liable there. If you've got business in a Portuguese company, the tax, the capital gains like liability on the disposal would be liable in Portugal. So then it comes down to the double taxation treaty. <clears throat> so in Portugal, uh, for overseas capital gains, the Portuguese would charge uh, 50% uh, of the overseas gain uh, to capital gains tax. Um, in the UK, um, they will charge you a capital gains if you're a tax resident in the UK on your worldwide capital gains. If you're an expat and you're not in the UK, uh, it, the, the UK expat, the expat with UK investments will only pay capital gains on the UK assets that are sold. In Cyprus, uh, very, very, very simple. They don't charge capital gains uh, for overseas um, uh, capital assets. So uh, a UK expat selling a property in the UK is liable to UK capital gains, but not Cyprus, not a Cyprus capital gains. Because, and, and that, that is just not assessed in Cyprus. Um, for investments, Cyprus do not apply capital gains tax on investments. And they do on shareholdings, but not on investments. So if you've got an investment in the right type of holding, you can pay no capital gains tax on any profits that you get. And that, my friend, includes Bitcoin. So if you made a million dollars on, on Bitcoin over the last three years, um, if, if you're a UK tax person, you sell that, you have a tap, and to a, you have it as a tax resident in the UK, you have a, a tax liability in the UK. If you're dealing through a trading fund in the UK, you potentially have a couple of gains tax liability in the UK. It's an international um, uh, a, a trading platform. That trading platform reports the capital gain to their local authority, maybe the states or maybe China, and that gets exchanged back to your country of tax resident. So if that was Cyprus, your capital gains would be nil. If it's the UK, your capital gains would be um, up to 20%. If it's Portugal, the capital gains tax potentially 25, 28% of half of that profit. Okay, so that, that it, that's really, really complicated. I can't believe how complicated I've made that. It, it, going back to Cyprus, there's no inheritance tax either. Um, so, and, and I'm bringing in this idea of flat rate taxes as well. So, you know, for the, for the high net worth uh, schemes uh, for Portuguese tax residents, it, it's a flat rate tax system. 
So when they tax your income at a flat rate of 20% or 10%, that's on all your income. You've got no allowances or no compensations or no offsets. You've got no ways to, to move around that. So it becomes quite complicated. And it's a case-by-case basis. Um, so the individual country where the asset is based is where the capital gains tax liability will arise. So how can we manage that situation and how can we work to ensure that um, your family's and business wealth passes to your family uh, and not to the taxman? With the UK, there's a very good exemption for expats. If a UK tax resident relocates abroad, becomes, non, becomes non-resident to the UK and tax resident in another jurisdiction before they make the decision to sell the financial investment like Bitcoin or, or, or shares um, or, or they're, they're sharing a business, um, you know, why would Dyson uh, move to Singapore before selling out his UK business? Uh, you know, because they, uh, that becoming a non-resident from the UK with, uh, and then going through a process of selling, disposing of commercial property or investments or business means that that, that capital gain for that business uh, or that commercial property in the UK it is still taxable in the UK under capital gains tax rules. However, for a non-resident, that the tax liability is deferred for five years. So if the UK expat, the UK tax resident expat, stays out of the UK for five years, that that uh, capital gains liability up to 20% um, falls and isn't applied uh, during their lifetime. However, with the new changes of residential property legislation, that doesn't apply for property in the UK doesn't apply for property in the UK. So uh, UK residential property is potentially liable up to 28% capital gains tax. That tax return has to be done within 30 days of of selling the property with any tax paid at that time, and then a return at the end of the tax year to confirm that that capital gain. So with the UK, uh, a business commercial property sale, capital gains tax free, but um, as long as you're non-resident before the sale goes through. Um, but with residential property, you can't avoid the, the tax if you sell it. You can, with the UK, um, avoid a capital gains tax, and that's by giving it away. So uh, uh, in the UK, um, there is inheritance tax of 40%. But there's an allowance over £300,000 that, that you can give to a family member during your lifetime without inheritance tax, without a lifetime inheritance tax of 20%, i.e. cap of gain, or uh, on death. So there's so much you can do um, uh, it, for that. So uh, a UK property can be gifted um, uh, to family members uh, and protect it from inheritance tax. If you create a holding company, um, again, th- this is subject to different rules. When you buy property, you may have stamp duties 
and purchase tax costs, and, and they can be quite expensive. And even if if you're doing if you're doing a, a transaction uh, to change the ownership to a, a, an offshore company or an offshore trust, those taxes can still apply, and so that that can be a, that is a cost of, of taking such a transaction. However, um, if if the um, overseas uh, uh, entity can hold that asset, then potentially there's ways it can start to mitigate the the, the tax liability. Essentially, uh, if there's a capital gains tax liability in in the country where the property is, uh, and when it's sold, it, it's going to be have that capital gains liability every time. Unless you organise it, that asset is owned by somebody else or is gifted under rules that allow it to be gifted without tax. So in Cyprus, there is an international trust that anyone who isn't a Cyprus tax resident can hold assets in there and pay 0% tax in Cyprus. So you can hold property, you can hold business, and you can hold investments in that international trust and pay 0% tax in Cyprus forever. So as long as the arrangement is such that, for example, you've got family beneficiaries, so it's a gift uh, and not a sale, um, then you're potentially giving away or, or having a tax-exempt transfer, and that's free of the transfer taxes as well, potentially, um, to, uh, of the asset to, for it to go into trust. And therefore, you then create... Many of you will have pension funds uh, from, from your work or your savings during your lifetime. That, that, that's a pension trust fund. It has administrators that look after that trust and pay you a prescribed income under prescribed tax rules when you reach a certain age. Cyprus International Trust is like having your own family uh, trust fund for your family's benefit at some point. So there are rules that vary on case-to-case basis, but for holding property uh, in Cyprus or the UK that then becomes exempt from UK inheritance tax or Cyprus or UK capital gains tax, it's a perfect entity. But it works for businesses around the world as well. So um, if uh, a Cyprus trust holds a business, that is then operating in Singapore or in in Africa, the the local transactions might still be subject to sales taxes and to employee taxes um, and and maybe even local uh, corporation or income taxes for the people, the individual tax resident for part of the income in in that jurisdiction. Um, But... So we're not, we can't evade tax. We're not trying to do, what we're trying to do is minimize the tax liability because any dividend paid um, from any business or any investment is always the tax liability of the recipient. If the recipient is an international trust in Cyprus and it receives dividends uh, or income from around the world, then that becomes inheritance tax-free, it becomes dividend tax-free, becomes corporation tax-free. It's a 0% tax on that Cyprus trust fund. So it's a way to avoid gains by gifting. It's a way to avoid gains by 
receiving income uh, from retained profits within the company. So it doesn't necessarily mean that your, your business in your locality is not paying all the right amount of municipal, regional, um, or capital taxes, but it, but it allows you uh, to minimize that tax and manage it uh, with the added advantage that when you're using a, a trust or a company arrangement on an international basis, you also avoid the cost and delay of probate because uh, a trust will, will carry on. It, it, doesn't, it, it doesn't necessarily apply to... Um, um, I've just been reading a question. Thanks for that question, Tony. I'll come back to you in a minute. So the trust is a tax resident. This is to answer Tony's question. The trust is a tax resident in Cyprus. So if the trust is a tax resident in Cyprus, it has no taxes in Cyprus. So if it's owning a business or property anywhere else around the world, Singapore, UK, Portugal, um, this, whatever income it receives, whatever movable income it receives, um, doesn't get taxed in Cyprus. Uh, the profit that it makes in Cyprus doesn't get taxed. The capital gains tax doesn't get passed. The, the inheritance passed to next of kin uh, or gifted to family doesn't get taxed. It's a zero tax for everything. It's not that it doesn't get taxed. It, it does get taxed. not like the Middle East where there's no tax. There is a tax uh, assessment and the tax assessment is zero for the Cyprus Trust. So if you own a, a, a Portuguese property within the trust, the trust is the owner. So when the pro property is disposed of, the, the local taxes um, for disposing of that property could, could well be subject to local um, uh, um, Portuguese taxes. If you're renting that property in Portugal, the rental income generated in Portugal would have a local tax liability potentially. Um, but the actual ownership of that property and, and the receipt of that income um, um, and, uh, and dividends from a, a, a company receiving that income would all be free in Cyprus. So it's complex on a case-by-case -case basis. It doesn't work for everybody. Um, and there are reliefs within Portugal that, that allow people to reinvest income to avoid taxes, uh, as there are in the UK and as there are in other countries as well. So on a case-by-case -case basis, we need to look at that. So having a holding company or an employee benefit trust um, allows you to have a separate tax entity for your assets and your income, which can then be taxed in a different regime. So that could be a flat rate regime for Bulgaria um, uh, or Portugal. So Bulgaria will charge you a flat rate of 15%, Portugal 20%, but that's on all your income. Other countries you can have 0% tax, but have maybe have some smaller tax liability elsewhere. It's about organizing your family's wealth and your business wealth in a way that, 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 that suit, suits you. So um, we love this area. It's really interesting. It's what we're very, very good at. And uh, if you want any help, you have to go to productpartnership.com and, and contact us or, or jump on our chat line and talk to us more about how we can help.
uh, your situation. Our consultants will give you a free review, talk it through, see if there's anything that you could do. Uh, and if there is, that's great. And uh, if we can help you some more, we'll do that. Now, another way for business is, um, and it's a bit of a dirty word, because this year in the UK, um, IR35 has been introduced. So expats that are living and working abroad, especially close to the UK, uh, or even further afield, but they've got contracts with UK companies. Those contracts could fall under IR35 rules. Now, this is essentially a big company uh, tax. So it's big uh, companies that are trying to avoid uh, uh, local taxes will apply. So smaller businesses can, can avoid this. But even so, if, if the expat is doing contracts with lots of different people, again, they can avoid those taxes uh, to a greater or, or lesser degree. So it's important to consider what your situation is with regard to the UK. If you're contracting with the UK, there's lots of different rules to different people. You can have contracts with a UK company, but post-Brexit, um, some contractors have to be done with an EU country, so people have, uh, are now contracting with a different uh, company in Europe, and that can get that in itself can get in the way from IR35. You might need to do a self-assessment statement of that, and that's another way forward. So again, IR35 issues. If you've got any of those, come to us, uh, contact us at productpartnership.com, and we can talk them through you to see if you've got a problem. However, what we said earlier is that if you're an individual and you're a sole trader, uh, your business and your personal tax, and your property tax are all under one regime, okay? Every property has its own tax number, every company has its own tax number and, and tax liability and uh, can split those up. So as soon as you become an expat and a tax resident in another country, you've got an option to consider how, how it can work differently for you. So again, we mentioned that with, with Cyprus, that there's potential to organize your, your business in such a way that you're paying 0% tax, or it might be a flat rate tax regime that you would operate under in, in Bulgaria or Portugal. Um, and uh, a, a UK company, if you're operating through a UK company, the attraction there is, is that sales tax doesn't apply until your turnover is in excess of £85,000. So that, that's a big attraction there for operators, small, simple, personal service company. And for expats, what that does is allow you to split up where you are personally tax resident and where you're going to pay your tax. So if uh, uh, your personal service company has got a tax rate of 12.5%, uh, for example, with Cyprus or uh, island, then that might be preferable to, to paying a 40%, 45% tax rate in Germany. Um, now, you might not get away with it in Germany, but it's to illustrate the point is that if your company is in a low tax regime, uh, like Bulgaria, 15%, uh, Cyprus, 12.5%, Portugal, 20 if your company is based in that location, you can then live elsewhere and, and manage your income so that you receive an income that, that's tax efficient in your locality. So if the personal allowance in your country of tax residence is £20,000, 
but you don't get taxed on dividend income, then <clears throat> your, your company can pay you dividend income without tax and the personal income without tax. Uh, there are other ways to do that as well. But the personal service company also covers your expenses. So for an expat that is, is tax resident in Spain and wants to travel to Norway, that travel expenses from the company. So you don't need that income. You don't need a million pounds income unless you're going to spend it. So if you need a million pound income in the company and take out your 50,000 spending money, <clears throat> I didn't see all your notes, Tony, and I'm not that sophisticated. Next month, I will have a production assistant that will help me um, gather this information in. But I haven't got a, a screen still that, that tells me, it, so I can see all the question there. Um, <clears throat> a bit, it, the, Tony's point is that in the different countries like Portugal, that there are different regimes and different ways of operating that, that, um, uh, and different rules that you need to plan to avoid. The point I'm trying to make with the personal service companies, if you're a contractor and you're working around the world, you can choose your tax resident and your tax resident could be a high tax residency, but because your company is operating out of Isle of Man or Bulgaria or Luxembourg or Cyprus um, or, or Jersey, then the company has the local tax regime of that jurisdiction. Now, exchange of information, make sure everything has to be done. But if you operate a, a company correctly and make the returns on time and keep everything um, uh, appropriate and you're genuinely running a business, th th then you can do that. And that would also avoid IR35 if you're contracting with, with UK businesses. IR35 doesn't apply to small businesses with turnovers under 10 million applies to bigger businesses only. So for a lot of smaller contractors, you can still stay clear of that um, IR35 rule, which subjects any income from around the world to pay as your own rules in the UK. Um, <clears throat> but what you do is, is look at how you could set up a, a, a local uh, a service public service company in the most tax efficient way. And it might be in the country in which you live, but it might give you the freedom to travel around or move around or live in a place that suits the family. So that's, uh, that, that, that's the issue there. So th those are our thoughts on capital gains. To sum it up, uh, thank you for listening. Uh, where your tax resident counts, whether you're a property, a company, an investment fund, a Bitcoin holding, uh, or an individual, or a trust fund, or a holding company, you have a tax number. And that tax number ties you to where that tax is paid. There's two types of assets to pay tax on. There's uh, um, movable, uh, uh, like cash and earnings, which, which will move around with you and, and be taxed where you are tax resident. And then there's fixed assets or capital assets, which are are subject maybe to income taxes, but usually to a capital gains tax. And that is a different liability. And the, and the, the real estate, the fixed assets, the property, uh, the residential property in the UK, uh, they, they, they could well be taxed in, in the jurisdiction in which they're in. 
So how to avoid that is to uh, manage that. Can you have a holding uh, through uh, a family trust or a holding company? Will that help mitigate that tax liability? Or, or will you need to consider something else like gifting to avoid uh, the ultimate and final capital gains tax, which is an inheritance tax on death? So there's lots of ways to gift to family where you can pay from 0% tax and under any double taxation treaty it's covered. Some double tax treaties, some double tax treaties don't cover capital gains, and therefore it's not assessed. Therefore, you can live in a country without a capital gains assessment or a zero assessment. Other countries will want the full double taxation uh, pound of flesh um, so that you pay in the country where the gain is and any extra in the country where you're tax resident. So at ProAct, we know how to help you manage that process and, and to get your uh, circumstance suited to yourself and, and um, suited to your family's circumstance with the ultimate objective that your wealth, your business, your property um, passes to your family and, and not to the taxman. Um, you're supposed to do, um, that's the finish, uh, and we're supposed to do extra questions for retained clients. Um, so some of you might find yourself getting kicked off at the moment. The ProAct Know-How, brought to you by ProAct.